Today's episode was brought to you as a request. If you have a request, email sasquatchturnitreviews at gmail.com. And if we like the idea, it may appear as our next episode. We look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy. Bone Tomahawk is a Western horror film directed by S. Craig Zahler and released in 2015. The film stars Patrick Wilson, who is also the lead in my favourite horror franchise, The Conjuring. And of course, the legendary Kurt Russell, who is now more moustache than man these days. The story revolves around the kidnap of townspeople, including Wilson's wife, played by Lily Simmons. It's revealed early on that the perpetrators are a cannibalistic Native American tribe known for extreme brutality. Kurt Russell plays the sheriff who rounds up a rescue party of four to embark across the frontier to save Wilson's wife and the missing deputy. Here's our review. It was shite, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a long, rambly sort of film. It was about two hours long. Rambled for a good part of that. Had some horrific gore scenes that were just sporadic. You weren't any prepared for them at all. And overall, it was it was just yuck. Yeah, I think it was one of the worst horror films I've ever seen. It was like a poorly cobbled together western and horror film slammed together with like you can wear you can see the nuts and the bolts between the two corpses as they were stitched together. And the horror parts were just the worst parts of Saw magnified. I've seen all the Saw films. I managed to sit through them all. But the, the gore that just came out of one of those scenes, I just, we turned it off. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, went to bed and you had nightmares that night. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm good with my horrors. I like my horror films. But that one, it's just such an odd film. If it was a Western, it may have been good. If maybe they've gone a horror route, it may have been really good. But because of the merge, it, something just went wrong. The cast, overall, I would say was pretty good. Um, Kurt Russell and Patrick Wilson especially, who are probably the biggest names in this anyway, they were pretty good with the material they were given. Um, I completely believe Kurt Russell and Patrick Wilson in those roles. You can't fault the acting. The acting was... No. Even, even the side characters, their, their acting was pretty good as well. Yeah. I wasn't too sure of the character Matthew Fox played, but every other character was good and every other actor was good. Although I think Matthew Fox played the character well, I just didn't really understand or get why he was there. Like, he just sort of seemed to be the guy in the white suit because Western films need to have a guy in a white suit. There's a few people like that. Their character may not have been needed, but the actors played the part well. Um, so also a point to note is the camera work in the film was done very well. You were always constantly looking out for what was in the distance, in the background, what was going to happen, and focusing right up in people's facial expressions as well to get the, the emotion of the scene as well. Yeah, you saw a lot of, you got a lot of what was happening through watching other characters react to what you should be watching. And in some cases they actually showed that and that was where the film fell apart in that scene. It's almost like they couldn't decide what they were going to do. Had they stayed with the facial expressions and zoomed up with the camera work, it would have just been as good. I think that's the one choice where we, like, I mean, we're not filmmakers, but if we could choose, we would have, in that particular scene, which we'll get on to talk about, we, I would have it only on Kurt Russell's face as what was happening in front of him happened. 
particularly one thing that was good with the camera work is it did show like characters walking off on their own at night and there was always that expectation of like where he's going or where he's going back to is there something around them at any one point well that was when like the light work came into play as well because they use a lot of campfires and the light from the campfire and the darkness they used very well yeah you can't see it's, it's like you had a campfire at night you can't see beyond a certain distance it's just completely gone and it adds to the sort of suspense of the the camera work that they're doing and it's it's done very well the sound was also pretty amazing to be honest uh yeah so when i say it's one of the worst horror films i've ever seen it might be the best sound work in a horror film i've ever listened to when we say it's good it's bad sounds but it's good sound work so it's yeah, you get everything you need to out of the moments. Like, in a horror film, you want to be, like, on the edge of your seat. And there was one particular moment where, with Pat, I suppose we should explain at this point, Patrick Wilson plays a guy who has got a broken tibia. Yes. It was a compound fracture, so it had come out, and it was on the mend. Albeit they weren't sure if he'd survive it, but they sort of reckoned he was doing okay. But it's his wife that's taken, and they he joins on the posse as they go out. And when they lose the horses, he's going on on foot. And he eventually injures his leg and the fracture reoccurs. And there's a point where they're about to perform surgery on him. In the open, he gets a little bit of opium, enough to like sort of numb him up, but otherwise not enough to do anything else. And then they take out a hammer from the surgeon bag and you see the hammer come down, but you don't hear the, you don't see the strike, but you hear the thump. And oh, I jumped up, well, I, kind of, I recoiled in my seat. It was horrible, but it was so well done. As well as a lot of the squelching and bludgeoning sounds. The throughout. bone the bone crunching really gets you through it as well. So that is excellent. However, the plot's terrible. You can see where they may have started with the plot, but when they bulked it out it went severely wrong. Yeah. I'm not sure which point the the, the wheels fell off. I'm kinda of thinking the wheels just fell off at the Native Americans. I'm not even sure. I feel like they were gradually falling off. We were losing bits of the wheel as we went, and then when we get there, they just, they've gone. Yeah, because I think it all sorts loses its way when the, the Patrick Wilson gets left behind after his surgery in the field, and I think the, the wheels completely fall off once they all get into like a gun battle with the Native American tribesmen near their cave. I think that's when the film starts to lose itself, because things happen so fast. It's like they've realised they've run out of time or they've verged off in a different film at this point. It's, it seems a bit disjointed. This is the bit you notice it most. Yes, it's almost like it's almost like Freddie Mercury saying, this is the operatic section in Bohemian Rhapsody. And everybody goes, oh, right, that bit. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem to make sense in this film. Yeah, at least those songs worked. <laughs> the th yes, they have. <laughs> this film didn't. Yes, the, the, it tried, but it did not get there. So the plot roughly is that the three, one of them's killed. Matthew Fox's character's killed when they find the cave, and the other two get imprisoned. And it, when they're in prison, they find Lily Simmons' character and the deputy sheriff who was taken in the raid on their town. And then the scene happens. You're aware that these guys are cannibals, and it's mentioned before that the the other guy who appeared at the beginning of the film, played by David Arquette, so Dewey appears in this film, was eaten off camera. And then I'm not going to go into too much detail in the scene, but it is pretty graphic. Well, you turned away at one point, and I didn't describe some of it to you. All of the other scenes you got to know through the whole film up to this point. So we're talking about what an hour and a half into the film. Mm -hmm. Um, they've all been they've been fairly quick, or they've been off camera, and it's just been noise. So nothing 
you're really seeing is so graphic and then all of a sudden it's right in your face and it's it's horrendous it was bad enough that you started looking away and then you glanced back as it was getting worse because you might have thought like oh it can't get worse it can't get worse it gets worse people yeah and you were just going oh god oh no no and then you you scurried away behind your blanket and i i I watched i was sitting there going wow i can't unsee this anymore It's, it's burnt in my head i suppose to give you a brief summary the guy gets butchered alive and it starts with him getting scalped much more than that you don't really need to know but that's the scene where we thought it could have worked really well had it just shown kurt russell's face as he's talking to the guy while he's dying and seeing kurt russell's face as he watches what happens to them yeah because kurt russell would be able to pull off those expressions perfectly we didn't need to see it yeah and he did because he did at one point the guy after the guy's dead they're still cutting him and and it shows you just his face and you see him look well just shell-shocked i guess at what's just happened Bearing in mind at the same time, the sound is still going, so you're still getting all the horrendous squelches and crunches and everything to go along with the graphic violence that you were seeing. So they could have done without seeing it on screen because you've got the sound, you've got the facial expressions, you didn't need to see it. That was the worst part of the film in terms of like a single scene, but like I think the main issue, if you just look at it from a, like against all other films, the problem is that it... It takes so long to ramble its way towards actually getting to the cave and the conclusion that when the conclusion starts happening, when the cave scenes start unfolding and you start getting a bit more of like, you know, how are they going to resolve the problems with the Native Americans? It ravel, it unravels so fast because you go from uh, one mention of like Patrick Wilson's character. He's on his way. We left him a trail of stones behind. Don't worry, he'll come for us. And bearing in mind this guy's a cripple and they reveal in the plot that he has to kill seven Native Americans who three of them had taken out one and captured the other two and they were fully loaded with guns. It's a bit, up to that point, it seems like it was, it could have been real, but realistically a guy with that sort of injury managing to pull that all off without any other damage to himself. It doesn't really make sense. It was a fairly believable film on some parts up to that point and then I was just like, uh, nah. It's almost as if they wanted him to be, you know, the the Western sort of hero that comes in at the end of the day and, you know, like the guy in the white cowboy hat rides in, Mm -hmm. saves the day, but they never even bigged him up as being like a great fighter or smart at battles or anything that was the other guy that they bigged up. So how he came in, swooped in, saved the day for all this, I don't know, it just seems out of place. I suppose the one thing we can credit the film is that it didn't show any animal deaths. I really like that point. Two animals died, I think. Yeah, a dog and a horse. A dog and a horse. And both of them, there was, well, the horse more than the dog, I suppose. But there was emotion over them dying and you never saw it. That was all the camera shots and the noises. Yeah, you could see the horse's limp body in the distance, but you could you don't see any of the suffering. I don't think you even really saw much of it moving. Yes. Yeah. So that was a very good point. But otherwise, if you took that gore scene out, the film falls apart anyway. But the gore scene really put us off it as well. Yeah, definitely. So. <laughs> and remember, I've seen I've seen four of the two hundred thousand Saw films. You've seen all of them. I've seen every single one. I mean, some were watched through my fingers, but I stayed with the film, which I just couldn't do with this one. I suppose there's nothing interesting to hook you at the end. Like, if in the Saw films you go through all the gore to see what what the twist is at the end, what was the plan all along from the sadistic killer? And in this, there's nothing. It's just a cutscene. You don't even see 
but we don't even know if they go home. Yeah, I suppose we should talk about that. Kurt Russell stays behind to kill the last few, and the the three that survived head off into the wilderness again. Bearing in mind it took him four days, several of those days on horseback, to get to that place. So we're now left with a woman who hasn't eaten anything in four days, yep. a guy with a twice-broken leg, yep, and an old man. Yep, and the... Uh... He's used up quite a lot of his opium, and he's used up almost all his water. But don't worry, he used some of that water to clean his mouth so he could kiss his, kiss his girl. Even that point, she's meant to be the doctor or whatnot, and she's still going smooching when this guy's been swallowing bits of throat. It's just... <laughs> it's not good. It's not the most romantic kiss scene you get at the other end of other Western films. No. To, to summarise, camera work's good, sounds excellent, cast is pretty good, the acting, again, pretty good. But the structure it's all attached to the plot, the thing that keeps it driving forward, is just shite. Yeah. So that goes to the, the big question. Would you watch it again? Fuck no. And that says it all, guys. <laughs> so I'll call it. That's the wrap. She's been Sasquatch. And he's been Turnip. Thanks, guys. As we said before, get in touch if you want us to review anything. Otherwise, our review of the Chernobyl miniseries comes out soon. Bye. <laughs>